You're listening to Liberty Buzzard with Dustin Hammett and Thomas Umstead Jr. Episode 27. I'm Dustin Hammett. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. Welcome to the show where we clean up the highway of cultural conversation. It's a messy job, but somebody's got to do it. And Thomas and I, we think we're up for the job. Today, we're going to talk about Bum, bum, bum. Alex Jones and InfoWars getting banned from pretty much every conceivable uh, podcast app that there is. And uh, from Facebook, uh, I'm not sure about Twitter. Does he get banned from Twitter? Did you read about that, Thomas? No, he's still on Twitter from what I can understand. And let me just say, for a lot of people, Alex Jones is this new figure who emerged in the last few years with the rise of Donald Trump or maybe with the rise of Ron Paul. Uh, but for people in Austin like me, before he was America's crackpot, he was Austin, Texas's crackpot. I remember Alex Jones being a local access television back in the early 90s, uh, listening to him as a young, impressionable kid and being convinced <laughs> that there was a secret organization controlling the world. And um, it really messed with my mind. Like, in some ways, it's comforting to know that somebody is in control, but it's also like, Dis- 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 uh, disorienting and disconcerting to think that that uh, secret shadowy organization is malevolent. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no one has that much control. <laughs> we live in a very chaotic and unpredictable world. But uh, it has been interesting to see this local crackpot who like cut his teeth on the Branch Davidians. Uh, you remember the like Waco shooting where the oh, uh, I remember Clintons them well. sent in oh, those yeah. people and they oh, yeah. killed everyone in that church? Well, that was a heyday for Alex Jones. He made content on that for years. And uh, black helicopters and ah, oh, those are the good old days. <laughs> anyway, now he's America's crackpot and even becoming a global crackpot. As uh, I was on his website today, and he, uh, which I don't normally do, but I was curious. So I went there and he was covering as much European news as he was covering American news, but now he has been banned, presumably permabanned from the podcasting world and legit banned too. Like I was not able to find a way to subscribe to his podcast as just a, out of curiosity from a technical perspective. I was like, can I work around this with my knowledge of how our RSS feeds work? And I could not find a way currently to subscribe at all which I didn't even know was possible. I think that if he posts a a URL for the RSS feed and somebody copies and pastes it into an app like Overcast, which is a really good app, by the way, for listening to podcasts. It's free. If you're still listening to podcasts on the default Apple podcast app, you're doing yourself a disservice. There's a much better app. It's called Overcast. It's free. But anyway, if he does that, I think his podcast will become resubscribable. But as of right now, he is blocked. This is... Pretty shocking. I've never known of another high-profile podcast that's this high-profile to be blocked from uh, Apple Podcasts before. So far, he's still up on YouTube, from what I've read, uh, and he's still got two and a half million YouTube subscribers, so he's still there. But I would not be surprised if YouTube feels the Silicon Valley peer pressure and dumps him as well. And the first thing to know about Alex Jones, just like Thomas said, he's been around for quite a while. And yes, he is a crackpot. What you need to know about Alex Jones is he is an entertainer. Um, I don't know the man personally. I uh, have have heard some people who do know him. Joe Rogan is actually a fan of Alex Jones. He treats him like, you know, Crazy Uncle Larry. I guess we'll call him Crazy Uncle Alex. Uh, You know, he's a big, lovable bear of a guy who's got all these crazy theories. 
Uh, but he's fun to have a beer with. You just don't, you don't really pay attention to what he says because he's full of crap. Um, you know, as a former police officer, I can say, and as a, uh, a Marine, I can say that I don't appreciate Alex Jones because he has pointed his vitriol at, uh, Marines and police officers before. He, one of his things, he used to go to, love to go downtown Austin and, uh, film these cops that were just standing there, uh, and, you know, call them, uh, Gestapo, Nazis, bootlickers and all that, all that, you know, typical cop hate stuff. And then you turn around and post it and it's, it's all good cop loving fun or cop hating fun. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's my experience with Alex Jones. And then, of course, he also goes with the 9-11 conspiracy stuff and, uh, the Sandy Hook conspiracy stuff and now the Las Vegas shooter conspiracy stuff. So yeah, he makes his money, uh, advocating to conspiracy theorists. So people who love conspiracy theories, Love Alex Jones, and there's enough of them to make Alex Jones a very wealthy man. Don't kid yourself, folks. Alex Jones is a very wealthy man. He lives in a nice compound with video cameras all over it. Um, do you remember hearing something about him going through a divorce a while back? I, I don't follow Alex Jones that closely. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't follow celebrity gossip when it comes to divorces. I certainly don't follow Alex Jones celebrity gossip. I have. I can't remember how I came across that, but I came across, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but uh, I don't follow him that closely either, but he has been on the news a lot lately. And just as an interesting character, uh, a Pied Piper of conspiracy theorist who has monetized that very well, I find him to be a fascinating human being. Um, but like you said, Thomas, he is dangerous because he puts this stuff out there and there are people that buy it hook, line and sinker. Look, I have worked for two governments in my, my working career, one a municipal government, the city and another, the federal government. And what I can tell you for sure and for certain about working for a government is that a conspiracy on the part of a bunch of government actors is one of the most ridiculous things I could think of because they have a hard time coming together to decide to tie their shoes, much less you know, orchestrate these grand conspiracies. So, you know, are there conspiracies within governments, the little cabals and stuff like that? You know, I'm sure that there's some, I'm sure that there's some fraudulent stuff going on out there between individual players, but mass conspiracies on a grand level with these strategic objectives, I'm not buying it because government is not that efficient. That's my whole thing about the federal government or just government in general is it's extremely inefficient. So that's my take on the man. Um, I, you know, as far as a, as a speech aspect, this is going to be an interesting case study because these are all private companies that are banning him. And if you believe in capitalism and uh, the rule of law and uh, the idea of private property, these companies are private companies and they have the ability to do what they want for their company. Um, the, the big question mark is, is, you know, to what extent could this possibly backfire on them? And so that's what kind of what I'm considering right now is like you have all these, this Facebooks and you know, they already have from the conservative side of, of, of the nation, they already have a lot of antipathy. We'll call it antipathy or, you know, straight out hate, uh, from a lot of people who believe in a lot of cases, rightly so that these companies tilt to the left and they are, you know, they've got this war on the right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the, the, the Trump camp. That's their, their theory. And I'm wondering if there's any potential that this could blow up in these companies' faces. What do you think about that, Thomas? So I definitely think this can backfire. And I think that that's one of the reasons why YouTube is so hesitant to kick Alex Jones off. It may do it anyway, and it may experience the blowback. But 
what happens when Alex Jones, with his two and a half million subscribers, moves to a new video hosting service that's a competitor to YouTube? So who competes with YouTube? You don't really even know right now. They have such dominant market position that you know there's no close also ran. I remember when YouTube was early, there was a dozen different other sites that were YouTube clones competing with YouTube. And now you hardly ever hear about those sites. But if suddenly Alex Jones is being featured on Fox News and everyone's talking about how he's in the back and he's on this new service and that new service is getting tons of PR and it's getting positioned as the free speech um, video hosting platform, suddenly YouTube loses its market dominance. Like that's a big loss. Uh, Facebook has less to lose. Uh, Apple has less to lose uh, when it comes to, you know, the podcasting um, position they have. Because the reason Apple is number one in podcasting isn't because uh, their platform is very good. You know, like the Apple podcast player is not great. Uh, it's so bad. Like I have my own family members who don't use it. They just listen to our we- our podcast on our website. Um, but it's because no one else is really trying. Google hasn't made a podcast player for their Android phones that ships by default. And so they get, they are number one by default and their team for managing their podcast app and their podcast directory is not very big. It's not very well funded. And, um, they're, you know, which is really shocking. It's like, how is it that something at Apple's not well funded? It's just not a priority. And if they lose it, they don't really care. Whereas YouTube, if they lose their market dominance, that's a big deal. Uh, it's a very big deal now for them. Now they're probably going to bow to the peer pressure. And the fact that these three companies, Apple, um, Spotify and, uh, Facebook all did it at the same time indicates they're nervous. Like they wouldn't be looking for protection in the herd if they weren't thinking that there wasn't going to be some blowback and, you know, maybe literal blowback depending on how crazy Alex Jones is. Uh, some of his most He's crazy followers. Pretty crazy. Like, He's pretty crazy. Yeah. So if, if I were at YouTube, I'd have extra security today because those people are armed and scary. Um, but what's interesting, and, and I was a little unhappy with Apple about this, they said they or they didn't say specifically why they were banning Alex Jones, like what he said that was they considered hate speech, because everyone's being very clear. We're not banning him for being fake news, because if you ban Alex Jones, you have to ban The Onion and Babylon Bee and all of the other like obvious fake news kind of for humor things. Now, I realize Alex Jones takes it really seriously, which in some ways is what makes it even more funny. <laughs> Um, if you're into that uh, sort of thing. But I feel like if they're going to be, if, if they want to put on a, a picture of being just, they have to say, here are the rules that he violated and here's why he's being banned. And uh, they're not doing that. They're just vaguely saying hate themes as this kind of, we disagree with what he's saying. We're getting pressure to take him down. And so we are. Uh, it's interesting because I heard Zuckerberg talking about Infowars uh, just a couple days ago in an interview he did on Recode Decode podcast, he talked about InfoWars for like five minutes and how important it was to have um, free speech and, you know, pe- where people can share their opinions. And only a few uh, weeks later from that, maybe a few months later, depending on how long ago that interview was recorded, they're taking down uh, InfoWars. The left has been really targeting InfoWars. They really don't like that. Um, channel it got it got targeted by uh, last week tonight you know you're on the left's um, target list when last week tonight does a special on you <laughs> I was gonna say the irony of all of this is that by giving him 
attention, you bring him more mainstream than he ever was before. You know, as long as you ignore him and he's just crazy Uncle Alex, you know, you know, piping off in the corner and you got the his followers that are, you know who are who are kind of fringe anyway over there then he's then he remains fringe but the more you bring him mainstream i guess it's just kind of silly to say but the more he's mainstream and uh and and so alex jones is actually loving this um i can't say for a fact whether he's loving the lawsuit the defamation lawsuit he got from the uh, parents of the sandy hook uh victims but at the same time, you know, there's that there's that uh, Henry Ford idea of you know no publicity, bad publicity. I think that was Henry Ford, but this is this is probably doing more for Alex Jones than than a lot of stuff has in the past because this will pay you know, people who don't know who Alex Jones are going to be like, who's this Alex Jones cat? They're going to go check him out. He's going to get more subscribers from this. I mean, whatever platform ends up picking him up. And, you know, he might make his own platform. I don't know. Somebody's going to see dollar bills in this. Somebody's going to see the, 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 what he's doing and how he's generating money off of this. And they're going to say, you know what? It's worth the money for us to, you know, create our own servers somewhere out somewhere and, and, and sponsor him and we'll have his podcast back on live. So that's the crazy thing about paying attention to somebody like Alex Jones and making a big deal out of crackpot conspiracy theories is that you actually lend them credence and you lend them a little bit of credibility. A lot of credibility in this case, because Alex Jones has been predicting this. His whole narrative is there's these global elites and they're trying to censor us and take away your rights. And he's got this really gravelly voice. I don't know. I still can talk after all these years. And, um, and him being banned by big, rich, powerful companies plays directly into his narrative because that's the, that, it's kind of like in um, Monty Python when the king is debating political philosophy with the peasant and the pe- peasant's like why should you be king and he's like because the lady of the lake uh, gave me the sword and the peasant's like strange <laughs> women lying in ponds is no basis for a system of government and finally I, I king, at some point he calls her a saucy tart or something like yeah, that I love that and, and so finally Arthur gets so frustrated with this enlightenment peasant that he gets over and starts beating the peasant and the peasant's like look look I'm being repressed it's like see this is what I'm all about <laughs> and and you know, by beating him, he didn't get what he wanted, and he just like emphasized the points this uh, angry peasant was making. Um, it is it is a challenge. Like the time to deal with Alex Jones was a long time ago. If you didn't want him to become powerful, because now that he has that power, banning him just spreads it uh, in a way. And I have a friend who is a like true conspiracy theorist uh, and he's got all of his own conspiracies. And in his world, Alex Jones is a plant by the CIA uh, to discredit conspiracy theories because everything in Alex Jones's world is a conspiracy theory. And he's like a point in all directions is no point at all. And every single thing in the world in Alex Jones's worldview can be explained by global elites making it happen. Uh, maybe even like hurricanes. It's like, oh, the global elite seeded the clouds and that's why the hurricanes happen. Like in his world, these this mysterious Illuminati or whatever he calls them are like all powerful gods. And he is Sisyphus. He is Hercules, like the one man who can stand against it if you'll only buy his products and donate money to him. Uh, and it's, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see this, where this goes. I am a little concerned about the precedent. So, um, if if all that happens is InfoWars goes away, 
like I feel like in many ways the right will be benefited because I don't think they're benefited right now by having Alex Jones as a crackpot on the fringe kind of spouting nonsense. But I suspect that once the left realizes that they're able to silence speech by putting pressure on tech companies, they're not going to end here and they're going to slowly start pushing back on the right kicking off the next craziest group. And then the next group that's really not that crazy, but they said some crazy things five or 10 years ago and they get kicked off. And then groups that aren't really crazy, they're saying normal stuff, but you know they're quoting the Bible about what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. Oh, that's hate speech. And then suddenly you've got it where basically there's no room on the right at all anymore uh, for you to say anything without fear of persecution from the tech companies. And that's, I guess that's my biggest concern is that once they get a taste of this, they're not going to be able to hold back and they're going to just start on the very next group. Which once again, plays into the exact narrative of the right right now, which is mainstream media is corrupt. It's all a bunch of leftists. They want to silence you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's, it's playing into the exact narrative, which they're pushing out there. And you're right. It's, it's, It'll be an interesting dynamic, but I wonder to a point if this is going to create an enormous spinoff and and, and maybe, I'm I'm obviously kind of spitballing here, but maybe you have a situation where you have Silicon Valley, which is the technology technology bastion of the left. And, you know, does the right create some type of technology bastion of its own? I mean, you already have CRT or uh, CRTV out there, which I think... Um, but that, that's a platform through YouTube. But, you know, if YouTube goes the way of Facebook and Spotify and starts, uh, censoring speech with favor to the left, what's, what's stopping, you know, Fox News from making its own YouTube channel? Um, uh, I'm sure Rupert Murdoch probably already has plans in place for that and he's just waiting for a misstep. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous situation, uh, limiting speech. I mean, even Octavian Caesar, was very interested in letting people who were, uh, were, were, were speaking against him, letting them have their peace. Because Octavian Caesar's big thing was, you know, if they sit there and they spat it off in the forum, they, they, they bleed out all their energy, uh, and then they go away. But the minute that you start having people, uh, you start monitoring their speech, you start shutting down their speech, now they start taking it underground, and that's when become, become, that's when they become dangerous. A, because it's harder to monitor for you. And B, because they're taking all this pent up resentment and eventually they're going to try to you know, do what Romans do and that's assassinate their emperor. So I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's potential for that. And it's kind of scary to see how far down the road it's going to go. And a, a good point is that uh, Octavius or Octavian was one of the few, or Augustus, depending which name you want to go with, was one of the few Caesars not to be assassinated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he made it. It well. wasn't just his view; it was like a, it was a good view, like it was, or it matched with the world. And he didn't deal with any major insurrections. Like he was able to reforge the empire uh, after all of the chaos that had just been under. But there's a quote from John F. Kennedy. He said, when peaceful revolution becomes impossible, violent revolution becomes inevitable. And when words cease to work, bullets often soon follow. And it's so important for us to be able to have discourse, to have civil discourse with people we disagree with without the need to silence them. Uh, That's so important. And to be able to hear from the other side's perspective. So let's say that... This is the beginning of a bifurcation of the internet where there are red websites and blue websites and there are red video sites and blue video websites, red social networks and blue social networks where red and blue people aren't interacting with each other anymore. 
And you have like a few neutral places where people post cat photos, but they're not allowed to talk anything political, which in a sense is already beginning to happen on the Internet. But let's say that this creates just a huge rending of the Internet or it's the tear at the top that leads to a rending of the Internet. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for our society? I would say that it's an incredibly bad thing because you know what? The left is not wrong on everything and the right is not right on everything. Or if you have the different perspective, swap that. No one's got a monopoly on the truth. And their perspective is often um, filled with blind spots. And the blind spots of one side are unbelievably obvious to the other side looking at them. Uh, the whole idea behind our government was that the minority has a lot of rights to shout at the majority and tell them where their blind spots are. And the result is supposed to be stronger overall laws, a stronger overall union. And when people stop listening then bullets start to follow. And it's not like this is some crackpot theory. It has actually happened. <laughs> so, so it would not be the first time when we were, you know, we had irreconcilable differences as a country and we had to resort to some other means. I don't want to get there. I don't want us to get there. And I think that uh, there are, you know, there are still exit ramps. We're on the highway in the direction of civil war. There are a lot of exits along the way, along that highway. We just need to take one of them. Yeah, uh, of course, Thomas is talking about the American Civil War, which was back in uh, 1861 through 1865. And I think people, when you're talking about uh, history like that, it's so far away and there's nobody uh, around today that uh, even, I can't say even, I mean, maybe the few old timers, their grandparents, and I mean, old timers, like 90 to 100 years, their grandparents maybe were around. I'm trying to do the math in my head real quick when the Civil War. The point I'm trying to get to is it's a distant American memory. Um, and so when you when you when you have an omission in cultural memory of something so terrible, you 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 don't understand how terrible it actually is. So when you look at the the statistics and the numbers and you know in the, in, a, in a Civil War battle, how uh, you know tens of thousands of people would die, of, of young men would die in a 3D, four-day period. We're talking tens of thousands of people. The population of some small towns today uh, is smaller than tens of thousands of people. That's how many people would die. You don't understand how scary that is. And the scarier idea is the fact that our weapons have only gotten deadlier in that time. Um, and so when you have not, not a near-peer, but when you have a literally a peer-on-peer war like that, it's going to be absolutely devastating, and uh, it's it, it's something that's actually in my thought that I'm I'm literally afraid of. I think there's a lot of people out there who will discount the possibility, and those people uh, are I, I think they're fooling themselves a lot of ways. You know, I've been to nations that have collapsed in on themselves uh, either for because of expert, uh, external pressure uh, or it just kind of happened naturally or are, are near collapsing themselves or just don't function that well. And it's a really scary place to be. And Americans are kind of spoiled because it's been so great for so long that we've forgotten how bad it can be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like your word, the bifurcation of the Internet. And the Internet's becoming... And the internet has largely taken over life in America. I mean, there's there are very few people out there who don't have some type of connection to the internet. And this, the, as soon as you have that bifurcation, uh, you you basically have a different version of North and South, and it's going to be all digital. And how that manifests itself could be ugly. And it's not something that for I, I look forward to. So I, I hope we take that exit ramp, Thomas. I hope we do. 
And and to give you some context, because we kind of spoke in vagueness about the deaths, uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, which if people don't know anything about the Civil War, they probably at least know the Battle of Gettysburg. It's the one battle they've heard of. More Americans died in the Battle of Gettysburg across three days of that battle than died in the entire Vietnam War across all 12 or 15 years or however you want to measure the length of the Vietnam War. Three days of Gettysburg was worse than a decade of Vietnam. That's how bad the American Civil War was. And part of the reason why the Civil War battlefields are so deadly for Americans is because you have Americans on both sides. <laughs> so you have two guys that shoot each other. That's two deaths uh, of Americans. It is the, th the one thing to avoid above all else, if at all possible. And it's still, it's still possible. Like it's, it's still very possible. And you know, you may be like, oh, well, Alex Jones, he's so crazy. He's such a crackpot. And you're right. Like, I don't agree with much of what he says. I do appreciate, though, his power, at least back in the day, of how he was able to haunt the Austin city government. I remember I was trying to get a permit for some free speech thing on the streets. And, like, they were giving me the runaround. And I pull out my constitution, and I don't remember if I mentioned Alex Jones or not, but it was getting there. And suddenly they completely changed, and they gave me the permit, no hassles. <laughs> it was like just the threat of somebody who was going to come down on them and make their lives miserable was enough for them to actually do their job. And I remember that. And I was, and that was the one time I was, I was like walking away from the city hall with the permit in hand. I'm so thankful for Alex Jones. <laughs> um, well, if there's one thing that the city of Austin, I'm pretty sure any municipal government's the same way. Fears more than anything else, it's a lawsuit and the publicity that comes with a, a lawsuit. I can't tell you how many times they have settled with uh, people who had you know zero zero legs to stand on. They still settled with them just because they absolutely fear lawsuits. Well, with lawsuits, when you win, you lose, and when you lose, you lose twice uh, because they're so expensive. And uh, city governments actually have the money to pay lawsuits. So like most normal Americans, they get into a lawsuit, they just go bankrupt because they don't really have any assets to go after. The juice isn't worth a squeeze, as you would say. Uh, whereas a city, the juice is absolutely worth a squeeze <laughs> because there's a lot of juice in that uh, fruit. Um, so it, I, this is something to watch. It's something we'll cover, uh, probably as the story unfolds, um, because I see this as a potentially a pivotal moment in American society. How we handle Alex Jones, I think says a lot more about us than what it says about Alex Jones. And I'm, I'm going to say if Alex Jones were to die tonight and get a heart attack because he's so distraught over all of this negative publicity he's getting, there would be another Alex Jones the very next day. Somebody else. In fact, there are probably dozens of other people who are almost as popular as Alex Jones who would quickly gather all of that following. So the man is not the problem. It's how do we handle the man as a society? And one final thing to say about these conspiracy theories, there's a... Um, principle. It's Hanlon's razor. It's a, a saying that says, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity <laughs> so, or incompetence. That's a great quote. And I will say, having worked in government, uh, there is a lot of corruption, uh, but there's a lot more stupidity. And when you put a lot of stupid people and every, and we say everyone is stupid, right? No one is perfectly rational. We all do stupid things. And government is a collection of broken, messed up people, uh, just like every institution is. There's no, people are like, oh, you know, government's so terrible and uh, we should replace it with something else. They never say what that something else is because 
all institutions are flawed just by the nature that they're made up of humans until we start having um, artificial intelligence senators, which we're not far away from. And that'll be interesting. Can a robot be elected to Congress? <laughs> Uh, but that's I'd another forum. <laughs> that's another topic for another day. Um, but we do want to know uh, what you think. Um, what do you think of Alex Jones? Do you think that he has some good points? Do you think that 9-11 was an inside job? Uh, you have a free forum on the Liberty Buzzard comments. We are not going to censor you unless you're cussing. We will censor cussing because you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> uh, and, and don't don't go crazy, I will say. Uh, don't threaten violence. But uh, do leave us a comment. Uh, we would love to know what you think of this whole thing. Freedom of speech. Is it overrated? Um, does uh, Apple have the right to do this uh, in Facebook and Spotify? Uh, I think legally the answer is yes, but you maybe think think different. So leave us a question, libertybuzzard.com forward slash zero two seven. I'm Thomas Sumstadt Jr. I'm Dustin Hammett. And you've been listening to Liberty Buzzard. This episode of Liberty Buzzard is brought to you by Tom Umstadt CPA. Tom has over 35 years of experience helping people like you pay only their fair share in taxes. Don't let the IRS stress you out. Get Tom and his team on your team at TaxmanTom.com.